0: K-M-T-T, Kim Teitzei, Torah. This is KMTT, the Torah Podcast. And last week was the drive week. I'm just going to repeat the addresses for those who haven't yet gotten around, sending what we hope will be your donations. Probably the reason why not everybody has done it is because you haven't yet heard the podcast. A lot of people listen only a week or two weeks or three weeks late but just to make sure we're waiting we're hoping everyone will participate and support what is for all of us our shared endeavor in learning Torah if you have any questions write to kmtt at etzion.org it's uh, etzion.org.il phone number in New York for donations over the phone 212-732-4874 212 732 4874. Phone number in Eretz Israel 0522 606 454. So you can write, uh, if you have any questions, write by email. You can also donate over the web on our website. If you need any information, please write to us. And we hope to hear from you soon. But we're back to regular broadcasting today, Monday, the sheer of avad Moshe tov in about uh, about pila today's shir is dedicated the shut of the shir should be for the refuah of davor idel bat mayumbacha srot ha torah srot ha patsat ha torah tamud la refuah nefesh refuah guf Hashtaba ba gadav kariv
1: the mitzvah of Kriya Shema is structurally independent of the experience of tefillah. The mitzvah min ha-Tarah to accept HaKadosh Baruch Hu's authority. Shema Yisrael HaShem Elokeinu HaShem Echad We accept HaKadosh Baruch Hu's authority by citing, by reciting three different sections of Torah. The parasha of Shema Concluding with Viyahavtah Hashem which is listed in Parsha's Veshanan, the Parsha Vahayim Shema, which comes from Akev, final Parsha, of course not maintaining the Torah sequence, taken from Parsha's Shlach, the Mitzvah of Tzitzis, Tzitzis. We fulfill a Mitzvah Minatara to Makabo Malchu Shemayim when we recite Kriya Shema, and in theory, this Mitzvah this experience, along with the associated brachas of Kishima, could be performed outside of the context of tefillah. And earlier, shir mentioned the ideal of twinning, Ge'ula and tefillah. And at that point, I mentioned some of the effects which Ge'ula has on tefillah, the manner in which tefillah reinforces some of the important themes of Geula, and in as much as the second bracha after Kriyashma, the bracha of Goal Yisrael, in the morning it's the only bracha, in the evening it's I'm sorry, in the evening it's the first bracha. The fact that the bracha discusses Geula is reason to juxtapose Kriyashma and its brachas, Kriyashma and the bracha of Geula Teshmon Asray. But that's it's not a structural association. That is an almost uh, incidental in order to accomplish this twinning, so we affix Kriyashma and its brachos as a preface to Shmon There are some indications from various halachos that once Chazal instituted recitation of Kriyashma within Tefillah, it becomes part of Tefillah proper, it attains or adopts certain Tefillah like characteristics and allowances. Perhaps the most famous allowance, the most famous tefillah like quality which Kriyoshma allows, according to Samri Shonam at least, a very famous question in the very beginning of Mesechas Brachos about reciting Kriyoshma before nightfall. In certain climates, particularly in northern climates, nightfall, Shkia, during the summer was very late. And this posed particular problems on Shabbos, when families wanted to maintain or wanted to conduct earlier meals. So tefillah is less of a problem, because we pass in L'Qib Yehudah, and Brachos, and Chavzayin that tefillah, tefillah's Arvis can be recited from Plaga Mincha, which is about an hour and a half before nightfall. But why should the special allowance for tefillah affect Kriyashima? So this was a famous machlokus between Rashi and his grandchildren. It's really the first Tosos and Shas. Rashi did not consider pre-evening recital of Kriya Shema to be legitimate for Kriya Shema arvis. And therefore he required the recital of Kriya Shema Al Hamita to be seen as the mitzvah itself, not just a minhag or not just a bracha to go to sleep with Torah in your mind and Kabal Zmach but as the essential Kriya Shema because a Kriya Shema recited before evening, even after Pelagamincha, even in the hour and a half or so prior to Shkia would not count, would not be consistent with Kriya Shema. Whereas Tehoshaphos felt that just like we're allowed to daven after Plaga Minchola, Dava just like it's evening for tefillah, it's also considered evening for Kriya Shema. And this highlights the fact that once Shema was inserted into tefillah, then it may follow certain bylaws and guidelines of tefillah. Either way, our minag is to recite Kriya Shema and its brachos during tefillah. I'd like to discuss some of the basic themes of Krishima. First of all, the mitzvah Malchus Shemayim. but our Malchus Shemayim is by citing Torah texts, by repeating the Parshals in their complete in their complete form, <coughs> again highlighting the association between theology and Talmudara. It's a very famous Ramban. The Ramban writes a commentary to the Rambam's Sefer Mitzvot, and he lists some of the mitzvos which he feels the Rambam omitted. After the Rambam's list of positive commandments, the Ramban, Rabbi Moshe ben Nachman lists those mitzvos which he felt the Rambam should have listed but didn't. And similarly, after the Rambam's list of negative commandments the Ramban, lists those which the Rambam didn't list and he felt he should have. One of the mitzvahs which the Ramban feels the Rambam omitted is the Isser, the prohibition to forget Sinai, Based in Apostle G-d V'Azchanan, Raki shamer Ushmor nafshecha miyod, Pentishkach, Eshadvarim es asher reo e'necha, Ufen yasurum l'vavcha akal yamecha yecha, V'odatam l'vonecha v'levnevonecha, Yom asher Hashem lokecha b'chorev. According to the Ramban, there is an Isser to forget the events of Har Sinai. A person must remind and teach his children, his family, students about that experience lest they forget and violate the Yasser. The Ramban questions this position based on the Gemara Kiddushin. The Gemara Kiddushin on claims that this Pasuk the Levonecha really teaches us not the mitzvah of teaching the events at Har Sinai, the theologically important events, but teaching Torah. The Gemara says in Kiddushin, whoever teaches his grandson Tara, it's like he received the Torah from Har Sinai. Based on this pasuk, if you will teach your children, levanev levanach, your grandchildren. Yom so how could one one pasuk teach us both the mitzvah to teach theology as well as the mitzvah to teach Tara? The Ramban responds, Emuna satara. He he. I don't have Ramban in front of me. He he. Talmud Torah, Munasatari Talmud something of the equivalent. Basically, the Ramban says that theology and Torah study are inseparable. Without Torah, you can't articulate HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will. The human mind can't fully grasp the infinite and inscrutable HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So theology without Talmud Torah, theology without understanding God's revealed will, just a loosely affiliated system of values and beliefs, is empty. So the same Pesach that demands that we study theology, not just the event of that geographic location of Harsinah, but the theotning, that same Pesach logically requires us to teach Torah. Because without Torah content, our theological experience is hollow. That same twinning between theology and Talmud Torah is quite evident on a daily basis in Kriyashima. When we are macabre, we accept the sovereignty, we accept it by reciting and actually learning Torah texts. It's a very interesting rived that highlights the employment of Talmud Torah as a medium for Kabbalah's Malchus HaMayim. The Gemar and Brachos describe someone who is reading from a Torah. Let's say he's reading Parshas Ve'ezchanan and Zman Kriyashma comes. So... The Mishnah suggests that if he has Kavanah, he's Yotzeh. If he doesn't have Kavanah, he's not Yotzeh. But the Gemara quickly changes this. And the Gemara almost opposes the Mishnah and claims that even minimal levels of Kavanah, as long as a person is reading from the Torah, even if he doesn't have intent to fulfill the mitzvah of shema, as long as he's reading from the Torah with intent to learn from the Torah, if he's reading from the Torah just to... um, repair the Torah, just to look at the letters and make sure the letters... So he's not really learning, he's just sort of checking the letters. That's not considered a Kriya. But he's actually reading with intent to study, to to comprehend. And then he's Yotzeh. The Rambam alters this Gemara. The Rambam in Kriya Shema, perak Be'i Aleph, writes that you actually need Kavana to be to the Mitzvah, to understand the words when you say Shema Yisrael, to be But the Ravid argues the Rit claims that as long as he's reading in the Torah even if he's reading to study the Torah not to be per se as long as he's learning Torah and he's not interested in uh, as it were rebelling in the Rivas's language against God's will that would be counter counter Kavana that would be to to re- remove or rescind the authority as long as he's studying Torah that constitutes a legitimate mindset sufficient to fulfill the mitzvah. The Rana's basic point is that you can't separate between the mindset or the consciousness of Torah study and of theological acceptance. The person who's studying Torah is, by very definition, embracing HaKadosh Baruch Hu's authority, assuming the Torah is studied with proper intent, and to demand a different grade of kavanah as if there'd be some separate theological attitude or cognitive idea beyond Torah study. That's, according to the Raivit, the ultimate form of accepting a Kodesh Baruch Hu's authority, studying his Torah. So the Raivit is an extreme manifestation of this identity. But the very fact that Kabbalah's Malchus is performed not through some general pledging of allegiance, through some general formula, but by citing complete sections of Torah that highlights that association which the Ramban Drew between belief in HaKadosh Baruch Hu and belief or experience of Torah. The acceptance of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's authority, interestingly enough, is performed by announcing to a broader audience HaKadosh Baruch Hu, certain themes about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, certain themes that perhaps I'll describe a bit later, the actual content of Krishna. It isn't a self-directed or reflexive announcement, designation. Rather, a person is speaking to others. Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. On the one hand, in order for our acceptance of a Baruch Hu's authority to be complete, there has to be a sense and a drive to spread it to others. And they Rambam describes Ahavas Hashem. In Elchus Tshuva, Parak highlights Avram Avinu as the exemplar of Ahavas Hashem. Very interesting why, the, why Avram is designated as the exemplar of Ahavas Hashem. So the Ramban describes, the Ramban in Parsha Shmos, in Parsha Yisro. excuse me, assumes that Avram's Ahavas Hashem was on display when he volunteered or he allowed himself to be flung into the Kivshonah age because of his belief in God. He loved God so deeply that he was willing to be Moser Nefesh al-Kiddush Hashem. So according to the Ramban, the definition of Ahavas Hashem is the willingness to sacrifice your life. That's an interesting question unto itself. Conceivably, one could claim that dead... dead or surrendering your life on behalf of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is not an event of Ava Sashem but of Yira Sashem in fact at the at Maria during the Akedah perhaps the first and greatest moment of Mosu Nevesh HaKidosh Hashem so HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends a Malach to Talavra Yedati Ki Yirei so it's questionable whether Mosu Nevesh HaKidosh Hashem stems from Ava or Yira perhaps both but the Rambam in his Sefer HaMitzl when he describes Ava Sashem Speaks of Avraham's desire to share his knowledge, to inspire others, to proselytize. So, now when a person is so in love with an idea, an experience, he feels compelled, inevitably, almost uncontrollably, to share it. So, it's, a, it's highlighting not just our belief, theoretically, but our passionate commitment to this system of belief. So, we can't just announce HaKadosh Baruch, whose unity, his exclusivity, the fact that he's our God to ourselves. And try to spread it to others, but beyond just the internal desire to spread it to others, it's a moral obligation. It's not just a reflection of our own love, but it's a moral obligation. The Gemara in Bracho says says, "A person." And it's also mentioned in Sanhedrin. A person dreams of kriyashma. I guess of himself saying kriyashma, perhaps of another person saying kriyashma. So Gemara says as follows: Roi she'tishre alav shechina. He deserves to have the Shechinah dwell upon him. He's that saintly. He's that accomplished. But his generation doesn't yet merit it. Now, one way to read that Gemara is that he deserves, but he's held back. Unfortunately, sometimes people's personal experiences may be checked based on the framework, the larger framework which they're a part of. I think a more... Um, compelling and maybe provocative way to read the Gemara is that if you haven't managed to actually inspire a generation with Avos Hashem, with Kabbalos Malchus then your suitability for Shechin itself may be compromised because your responsibility is to worry about other people's levels of Avotos Hashem, not just your own plate and your own self-interest and your own religious passion. The first mention of Kriya Shema, I think, um... Resonates with this communal ethic that a person can't, so to speak, self-select his own experience in a Hashem and negate other people's interests or discard or dismiss other people. The Gemara M'Sachim says that Avra, that excuse me, Yaakov Avinu lay on his deathbed, being visited by his children, and in the context of Sefer Bereshis, context of repeated transgenerational selection process Yitzchak is selected, Ishmael is discarded before of course Avram is selected an entire civilization is discarded Noah was chosen and the rest of the world was obliterated Yaakov ar- rises to claim the Bechorah and the bracha from Esav who is cast aside from the main stage of history and Yaakov perhaps assumes and perhaps assumed in the past that similar selection would occur or even if he had a premonition of kol Ka, of a complete family community, of tzaddikim, of, of people with historical future, he was still uncertain of it. So he turns to his children on his deathbed, and especially after the trauma of Yosef and the fissures within the family, and he asks them, is everyone here a Yerushalayim? Is everyone here an Oved Hashem? Is everyone here an Oved Hashem? And they respond to their father Shema Yisrael they're actually now speaking not to the Jewish people Shema Yisrael they're speaking to Yaakov and they're calling him Yisrael his redemptive name as opposed to his exilic name the name of struggle is Yaakov the name of triumph is Yisrael they respond Shema Yisrael listen our father Hashem Elokein we all commonly accept HaKadosh Baruch Hu's authority don't worry this is a complete community of believers a faith community we're all prepared to move forward and build on Israel collectively. There won't be one founder, there will be 12, or one could claim I mean, mathematically, let's say, 14 founders, if you include Ephraim and Menashe, and as well as Yosef and Levi. Obviously, the magic number 12 has to be accounted for, but realistically, there were 14 people who then founded the Jewish people, the Jewish experience. The very setting of that first Kriyashema, Is a setting not of personal religious affirmation, personal religious interest, but of recognizing, perhaps a recognition which was hard fought and wreaked havoc and exerted trauma on the the family, but the recognition that we have succeeded in inspiring each other, in retaining not only my own or our own personal interest in Avodah Hashem, but in inspiring it in others and creating a community of the Hashem. And now we can generate not just a community or a tribe, but a nation, a people of Avodah Hashem, of Avodah Hashem. So I think that Gemara in Brachos is a challenge, is a haunt. person who succeeded in an individual religious experience, but hasn't succeeded in impregnating or inspiring others with similar attitudes, and similar passions, then his own religious experience is incomplete or is flawed. So that's why Shema Yisrael is not a personal, reflexive assertion, but rather casting our interest to a broader community, Shema Yisrael, affirming basic tenets of HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hashem our God, um, the Rav wrote in one of his articles, one of the Artsite Shirim, that the statement Elokehu, the possessive term being employed, applied to Akharish Baruchu, is itself a theologically connotative or theologically important conjugation. That Akharish Baruchu could be owned, so to speak, or possessed or acquired by a human being. Baruchu Hu is so infinite and transcendent that his title can be termed grammatically in the possessive sense. our God. He's not our God. He's God that we dive into, who, who assists us, who created us, who sustains us. But thereof claim this is a very important suggestion that a human being, and especially a Jew, can, so to speak, possess, can create that personalized relationship with a Baruch Hu, one with, as i spoken about in an earlier one with expectations and demands and bilateral commitments, going to one position in the Gemara and Shavuos, in Lamed Hey, if you write the word Elokeinu and you erase even the Nun Vav, or even the Vav of Elokeinu, then that erasure constitutes an Iser, because you're erasing the name of Hashem even though grammatically the final Vav of Elokeinu is not really part of the root of Hashem's name. Shem's name is Elohim, aleph lamed hey Yudmem. mem. And um, when you conjugate and you add a nun vav, the nun vav Elokeinu, are just grammatical suffixes. Why should a person violate the israr of erasing a Shem's name by erasing only those letters? Evidently, the Rav claimed that by forming or conjugating the term Elokeinu, you are establishing a theologically distinct and important concept that a Baruch Hu can be possessed by Abraham, by ourselves, by our fathers. Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad You're affirming Hashem's both exclusivity, Ainod Milvada when you say Echad, and there's a healthy, so to speak, contrast and dynamic between Elokeinu and Echad. El speaks about the parochial relationship that Am Yisrael enjoys with Akkadish Baruch Hu, that He is our God, He is our, and we are His. And then the more universally sounding tone, Hashem Echad, Hashem is one, exclusive, Ein Olam He is the God of all creatures and all life, and that is a dynamic or a or a um, tension almost, a healthy tension that's felt throughout our davening, the tension between the universal and the particular between HaKadosh Baruch Hu's omnipotence and hashkach upon an entire universe but a special love and interest in Am Yisrael Echad doesn't just mean HaShem is exclusive, Echad also means he's indivisible HaShem cannot be divided in classic human terms, the human mind can only imagine divisible items, everything in our world is divisible, material conscience, our conscience, our conscience is divided, conscience pre-conscience HaKadosh Baruch Hu is indivisible physically conceptually, there's no way to divide HaShem so we affirm these basic traits and we broadcast them to a broader sweeping national audience because Shema is not a, not a personal affirmation as much as it is a reminder that A, the personal affirmation is only authentic if it leads to an emotional desire to share and not just emotionally or personally but axiologically in terms of values our responsibility is to worry about other people's religion, not our own. Um, there's a very interesting set of differences being that this series of shiurim has dealt with Tvila, very interesting set of differences between Kriyashma and Tfila. Um one difference speaks about re- interruptions the Gemara in Brachos and Daflamit is very severe about not interrupting Tvila. the Gemara says even if a snake Approaches, or even if a snake is in the process of slithering up your body, literally, the Gemara says, you shouldn't disrupt your tefillah. Or the Gemara says, Even if a king with the capacity to execute you, if the king approaches should to, uh, inquire as to his well-being, something which could conceivably, two experiences which could conceivably um, be very perilous. Yet, when it comes to Kriyashma, the Gemara in Brachos and Dafyur Gimel is quite liberal, certainly relative to tefillah, who has different opinions, whether you should initiate a conversation based only on fear, or even initiate a conversation to show respect, whether you can respond only to show respect, or you can respond to any person, Shael or Meishiv or shael or Meishiv But either way, Kriyashma seems to allow some degree of interruption, where Tefillah does not. It's based on a gemara, the Gemara in Yamondaf Test, the Gemara Darshan, Bam, Pasuk in Kriyashma, the first parsha, which means many things, but according to this Gemara, means you may speak at certain moments during Shema to others. Bam velobe the Gemara says. During Shema, you have this allowance under certain conditions, but certainly not during Tefillah. Bam velobe Another interesting example is um, reading and pausing, another type of a Hevsek, Karab the Gemara says, Rambam quotes, that in Krishma, you're allowed to read and pause, read and pause, and you don't have to, you have to worry about the time which may elapse. Whereas when it comes to Tzvila, if you wait, let's say five, six minutes, and the duration of your pause is long enough to allow completion of Shmon Esrei, then your Shmon Esrei has been disrupted, the continuity of Shmon Esrei has been compromised, and you have to repeat the entire Shmon Esrei. Um, all sorts of Preparations for tefillah. Gemara in the beginning of Brachos Daflamid, the beginning of the, of the fifth parak of Brachos Daflamid, the attitude, the physical preparation, all sorts of preparations which the Gemara describes for Tvila, which don't seem to apply to Kuyushma, Kuyishma can be recited at any stage. Um person who is in a physical condition, in which he feels the stress of uh, of relieving waste, Hutzuklinakavov. That can invalidate a tefillah, even though full kavana was focused on tefillah, the very physical state of requiring waste relieval may ruin tefillah, whereas it does not affect Krishma. All of this and all these leniences for kriyoshma would seem to stem from a very interesting medrash. The medrash in Vayikra, Parsha Chavzayin, quotes the following. Example: The following parable. A king sends a document, not just a document, but a document of, of authority, of accepting his authority, a constitution, let's say, to the people of his kingdom. And when the subjects receive this document, they get up out of reverence. They, pour, they pull their hair out of their head, or they take their hats off, or somehow they they're frightened and they stand at attention. They realize the severity of this expectation, as the Meddash says, Ve'karuha be'ema uve'yira, bereses And they read the documents of fear and trembling, and formality, standing in an upright posture, either their heads uncovered or their hair pulled out, but some display of fear and reverence. Hashem says, I'm not interested in that level of strict rigidity formality. Kach Amr HaKadosh Baruch Hu L'Yisrael Hada Prasdok Madidi My document, my Torah, and particularly my Kriyashma. Lo hitrachti alechem, I did not oppress you. Lo amarti alechem, Sheteh Karun Kriyashma I didn't demand that you should read Kriyashma. Lo omdeh maragleichem You don't have to stand. Lo Parames roshechem, That with your hair either uncovered or with your hair pulled out out of fear. Ella... U-ve-kumecha. Shem says, I didn't mean to oppress you, and therefore in Kriya Shema, when you pledge allegiance, when you accept my doctrine, Kharish Baruch says, I want it to be natural, almost casual. And therefore, the phrase when you're in your homes, when you travel, Beshachmacha when you sleep, Ufkumcha when you rise, are meant to convey that naturalness to Shema and to presumably religious experience in general as evidenced by Shema. There's a natural, casual, familiar feel to Shema. Worried about the severance between religion and life. It's very easy to be religious in a uniquely religious environment, in a Beis HaMikdash or a Beis HaKnesses, but can you be religious in home when you travel at the workplace, in the day-to-day affairs? Can you breathe religion into the reality of the human condition? So, Krishma as opposed to Tfil, is certainly more formalized because you're standing in front of a Baruch Hu, De omdim, really, as he told That sense of being in a Baruch Hu's presence doesn't apply to Krishma, Of course, we're always in Hashem's presence, but not in the heightened sense of tefillah. And not only is tefillah more of a reflexive or personal broadcast of a Kodesh Baruch Hu's belief, but tefillah is almost meant to be relaxed. Hashem doesn't want religion to seem oppressive, and not just oppressive in the sense that it exhausts or, or it stifles or persecutes humanity but Hashem doesn't want it to be seen as distinct or separate from religion and this of course informed the very famous Machlokas Be'i ironically took these very words and formalized the posture of tefillah Be'i says the mission Kaladam at night you should lie down or, or, during the day you should stand and Be'i responded and responded the phrase almost qualifies or, or mitigates and going to just refers to the timing not to the posture and Ghazal took this very seriously Tarfon claimed that once he perhaps thought to apply Beishamai's posture and he was on the road and he lay down and, and he was endangered because of highway robbers and the Chum said well you deserved it because you violated Beis Hillel's statements. I'm not sure if the anger that Chachamim expressed, or the uh, severity that Chachamim expressed with Tarfon was because he violated the protocols of halacha. After passing like Beis Hillel. Chazal wanted all the other Tannaim to circle the wagons and to reach a consensus, or in this particular case, to be was committing something theologically chal- theologically incorrect, theologically fraudulent. The notion that Beishelel suggested that religion should be separated from life was clearly, clearly in opposition to Beis clearly in opposition to this Madrash and Emor, that religion is meant to be tethered and attached to life, and Kriyashma, which is the affirmation of religious creed and document and, and basic tenets, should be recited in any personal state of comfort, standing, sitting, lying down. If you're not standing in front of a Kodesh Baruch Hu in reverential worship, you're rather affirming realities theological and historical.